Thank you for joining us on Vagina Talks. I'm thrilled to have you here and I want to have you everywhere we are. So I want to invite you to come check out the Patreon. That is where you can support, become a member, join the virtual temple, get behind scenes, all the good stuff, support this podcast so that we can keep bringing you the medicine, the free flow, the real, 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 real talk. Would love to have you as part of the community over there. Consider yourself invited. Come on over. I'm Samantha Rise, and welcome to Vagina Talks, where we speak about to and from vaginas. This is a show of alchemy where we turn poison into medicine, disconnection into wisdom, and isolated wounds into communal peacemaking. Here's your host, Sophia Wise One. You already know everything they could teach you. You already know everything they could say. We are here to remind you what you already, already, already know. I just want to take a minute to acknowledge that Vagina Talks understands that gender is fluid and dynamic and goes way beyond the binary of either woman or man, she or him, and that in fact it's a living and evolving thing that's actually personal, person to person, and that our bodies, even our understanding or the ways that we experience them can vary. It's important for me that that's something that has space here on Vagina Talks. And at the same time, I also am carrying this understanding that womanhood and the experience of the feminine and all of the female in the splitting of that binary has been injured, has been hurt, has been dismantled. And so I'm looking to have a space where the feminine and the female and the female body is reclaimed and respected and lifted and inspected and known, as well as a space that goes beyond the binary and that acknowledges that these are limited constructs mostly put upon us and that we're in the process of evolving into something more whole and more true. Just wanted to say that some of my guests will use incredibly binary language for whatever reason from the places that they come from. And I just wanted to let you know that Vagina Talks has a much wider understanding, and it's a living one. So feel free to chime in as we go along. Without further ado, today's episode. Hello and welcome. I am Sophia Wiseman, and we are here together on Vagina Talks. I am here with Sarah Lefkowitz, and I am very excited. Uh, I have had the the honor and the delight of being treated by her acupuncture and needling for years now. She graduated with a master's in acupuncture in 2010, has been practicing community acupuncture ever since. That's seven years, over 25,000, yes, you heard me correctly, 25,000 treatments across three clinics. She has an intense desire to spread healing and pain relief at low cost around the corner. And as an active community worker in the co-op called POCA, uh, she's done tons of work collaborating and working in Philadelphia and across the country, working and also works in the, in the, has been working in the micro loan program since 2011. Welcome. Thank Sarah. you. Thank you. It's great to be here. Well, okay. So first things first, if your vagina had a superpower, what would it be? Healing touch. For sure. Okay, let's talk about that. What? What? Tell me about vaginas healing power, healing touch. Power. Well, I mean, I think that there's, you know, there's already the healing touch of sexual healing and of just kind of healing in and around the vagina, anyways. And I think that touch and the vagina are so positive already <laughs> that <laughs> if we're just gonna, they're gonna like bring it up a notch and let that be the superpower of like enjoyment and also, you know, healing. Uh huh. Uh huh. Excellent. 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 Um, can you tell us what community acupuncture is? I don't think everybody knows. Uh, okay. So community acupuncture is a way to get acupuncture. It is um, a community space that has usually eight plus recliners in it. Um, sometimes there are massage tables, but usually treatments are done in recliners, often in one big treatment space at a reduced cost. Um, 
For POCA clinics, the co-op that you mentioned, um, there are specific guidelines, like it has to be at least $15 and it can't go above $50 in terms of the sliding scale price, which is typical but not required. Um, and if you're going to have a flat fee, it'll be $20 or $25 at most. Um, so there are some specific things that are more about business um, that are well, what is community acupuncture. And then there are other things like the kinds of treatments that you're going to get are going to be typical. So to usually just be acupuncture, sometimes herbs, um, sometimes cupping or moxa, but usually just acupuncture and not like massage or chiropractic as well. Um, and it's generally something that's going to be close by to where you live or work um, so that you can easily access it. That's community acupuncture. That's community acupuncture. <laughs> so I want to describe what it looks like to okay. to me, right? So I like walk in and there's usually a really lovely person at the desk. And I've done community acupuncture. Actually, I actually have done it like all over the country. Yeah. I've done it in New Mexico and Colorado and Philadelphia, probably elsewhere, but those ones for sure. Um, so so uh, a lovely community-oriented person greets at the table at the front. There's some sort of brief intake process the mm -hmm. first time uh, – Meet the practitioner, go lay down, do a pretty quick check-in. Check-in. Um, like yeah. a little, you know, so it's like chat. I lay down, it's a quick little chat, um, you know, say a few sentences, maybe sometimes a paragraph and a half. There's a lot going on. Um, and, uh, and then the, uh, practitioner will use, what and I I'm kind of privy to I kind of I have an inside scoop on I've been getting acupuncture since I was 12, um so I've got some years but you know acupuncture has a a variety of ways of reading what people need so um not only just what you say but how you say it right, so how like you present. how you present so it's this whole realm of reading like is your voice sing songy or wispy or, uh, you know, like, uh, is it really, uh, choppy? So not only what you're saying, but how you say it informs your practitioner. Sometimes they'll listen to the pulse. They'll right. read, uh, your tongue, maybe. your tongue, have you stick out your tongue or show you the underneath your tongue. Um, so there's like all of these ways that they're like tracking you while you're doing your, like, you know, your five sentence <laughs> check in that they're like, they're reading way past whatever you just, Said. We try to. So the way the clinic is set up is so that our that our interaction is one that allows for people to feel heard, like you are able to say what's wrong, present that information to me in a way that I can kind of translate that into an acupuncture treatment without being overly peering into your life a little bit. There's, I think, in other forms of acupuncture, there's an emphasis on the talking and how much you reveal about yourself kind of by word, uh, which isn't as necessary for acupuncture itself. Um, and so we try to, it's called trauma-informed care. Um, a lot of the systems of the clinic are set up so that things are much the same each time that you go. There aren't hidden fees. There aren't other kinds of modalities that are going to be sprung on you. Each time you go, you're going to see a friendly face at the desk. Some clinics have what's called invisible reception, but a lot of them have a volunteer or paid staff that's there to greet you and kind of help you on your way through it. Going for a first time is like the most typical new patient experience that you wouldn't have had acupuncture before. And everything is kind of geared so that that's okay. And that people that are nervous, people that are upset, people that are in pain, they can kind of be introduced to acupuncture and our place at the same time and be kind of able to get in, get a treatment and leave without it kind of being a traumatic experience or an upsetting experience or hold some of the other things that can kind of happen to you in medical spaces. So specifically trauma-informed Right. So you're um, going to keep your clothes on. We're going to give you a full body treatment, but you'll keep a lot of your clothes on. You don't have to like share any experiences that have been bad or negative. You can just say, I want to be treated for something blanketly like PTSD as opposed to like what your individual symptoms are. It's like kind of found in everything. So the, so the phrase or the meaning of, of like trauma informed has to do with a structure that intentionally doesn't traumatize or re traumatize. Yeah, or trigger. 
It's right, like right. intentionally. It's like if we take the idea of universal precautions, which are meant more for like not spreading bloodborne diseases and stuff like that. Right. If we put that in a trauma lens and then set up the systems of the clinic so that it's kind of always looking at if I have recently been in trauma and I'm acutely upset about it, am I going to be able to move through this space? Mm. If that's something that I've been dealing with for a very long time, right, like 10, 15 years, maybe it's something that happened in my past. Right. Am I going to be able to move through this space? And a lot of that is about how it's the same every time. Right. And I'm not sure everybody, I mean, if you're not in a trauma space or not trying to heal trauma and not aware of trauma, some of that stuff might seem a little weird where like it's a lot of the same thing every time. Mm hmm. Um, and we kind of do all of that so that it's okay if you might be very distracted or at the height of another emotion. Okay. So that being said, let's talk about some of the, this is like what I'm super into. I'm, yeah. I'm very into collective healing. Okay. I have, so like, that's like my, okay. So like I have a lot of jams, but it's one of, one of my jams for sure is that I, uh, I have really come to understand and experience in myself that it's not a theory. Like the idea of oneness or this idea that like, you know, we're all connected is, is not theory. It's, it's incredibly tangible and palpable and that I get real life results. And, uh, a couple, oh, many more than a couple years ago now, um, I was introduced to this concept formally, even though I had experienced it a long time before this, um, the, the term entrainment. Yeah. And, uh, the, one of the ways that it was, uh, one of those kind of ways that I like to talk about it is that if you, somebody told me this, <clears throat> which is that if you take a bunch of pendulums and you put them in a room and you get them swinging at different rates, and then you come leave the room and come back <laughs> hours later, they're all in the same rhythm. And that they will Pressure sync like up like that. with the strongest and most consistent So I like swing. this. So for me, I look at it a totally different idea where there's a lot of isolation in healthcare. There's a lot of sitting alone in a little room waiting for the doctor or waiting for the test or doing the next thing. There's a lot of like things about HIPAA and confidentiality right. where we're kind of hiding our information, hiding our problems. And there's a lot of like fear around what's wrong, all the different tests that we can do to kind of like find and delve in where you're really going through a lot of processes alone. And maybe you're with a doctor or another person that's a specialist, but the overall journey is like very alone feeling. I think one of the big things that one of the big types of problems that bring people to acupuncture is either journey so far has not yielded positive results right. or just the overall depression and lowered energy of long-term issue. So that's, it's depressing to be in pain all the time. Sure is. And it's more pain to be in more pain all of the time, right? So one of the things that I like about the collective vibe is just this idea that this is a space where you're not alone, you're not experiencing the other kinds of isolation in healthcare, but you're not necessarily required to like interact <laughs> with other people. You don't have to share. Uh -huh. You're not telling people your story. Nobody's going to interrupt you. You are allowed to be there. Everybody is welcome. You're accepted in that space. Even if you're a difficult person, we try to really be there for people that are on the frontiers of mental health because they have those problems. Right. You know, so and like a lot of that is about being difficult to work with and like maybe not being that much fun to hang out with so we try to allow the space to contain mm -hmm. people that are normally like you know i think my doctor is a little sick of seeing me i don't think they believe me i think a lot of what i've been going through is that the people i'm talking to are just like we don't know what's wrong with you right. and so a lot of that is like, we don't really have like nobody's going to present to me in a way that we can't give them a general treatment at least in response so we try, that's the thing about acupuncture is that it's on a spectrum of very specific to incredibly general. And we try to allow for people to show up wherever they are on that spectrum. I mean, a lot of people can't tell me where their pain is. They come in for like, quote unquote, stress. I'm stressed. I know I'm stressed because my wife is telling me. Like, I know I'm stressed because I like am not sleeping, but 
I don't really, I know it hurts, but it's like, you know, and they're pointing to like a large p- portion of their body. It's here. I do you that know, sometimes. Yeah. But I think we <laughs> totally. all do. It's yeah. like, I don't know where the problem is. I just like, I have to get treated because things aren't going well in my life or, mm-hmm. you know, whatever it is. So that's, so to me, it's like the response is like, you're, you're fine. We can treat that. And mm-hmm. like people, a lot of the time as they're getting treated over time, it, it localizes and they can be like, you know, the problem is this, you know, five treatments later. And that's fine. I find the same thing in body work. I often talk about that, um, you know, when we kind of do our first round of like massage or deep relaxation or whatever, what happens is that surface level of stress passes off. Yeah. And it's like we have this kind of general softness, a softening, and then the places that are like really fucked up, like the places that are really like uh, – kind of wrecked become like you become hyper aware of them because they're not covered by this general blanket of of tension or or um, discomfort and so the places so there's this thing that I think a lot of people don't know which is that when you start to use modalities that allow the body to restore itself right now there's this process of it's not just like you do the thing and then it's sometimes it is sometimes it's really simple you just do a thing and then it's kind of shifted and <laughs> take you care of, take care of, care of it for you and right. that's so nice <clears throat> like that's great you just went that one time right. it was a miracle <laughs> then it happened like one percent of treatments right. are people that are like and then i never went again because my headache that i had every day for 20 years just disappeared right and you're like oh oh Great. That's, I guess. Please don't tell anyone. Right. <laughs> just just tell a, them to go. Right. Just, just exactly. You went just, 10 times. <laughs> right. Exactly. Totally. You went for months and it was incredibly effective because, you know, th- the body has this way of creating like so much of our stress is our uh, coping mechanisms. Yeah. So like our physical structures or our mental, like we create all of these things to handle the thing we can't handle. And so we have to like work layer by layer to kind of get through that. I would absolutely agree. And I think that part of the thing about introducing people to acupuncture is that, you know, they carry all that inside and then we're going to do this weird thing that they've never had before. And it's like needles, it's in your body. Uh, then you're going to what? You're going to walk away? I've had so many people be like, and then you what? And I'm like, oh, and then, you know, you rest and I walk away and they're like, uh, oh yeah, we didn't even talk yeah, about that part, you know, right? Part where you're gonna relax, right? So part of the nice thing about it being in a group is that a lot of the time, new people walk in and there's five people kind of passed passed out. <laughs> some of them have blankets, some of them don't have blankets, some of them have their eyes open or are listening to music. Most people have their eyes closed, and it's not really peer pressure, but it's more like peer presentation of what this is going to be like for mm-hmm. you. And I think that that's really positive. That it allows you to kind of continue, because I think the clinic itself has a relaxing vibe that allows you to kind of naturally shrug off whatever the traffic was. You found a new place. You took public transportation it was a thing to get here you had to go through philadelphia to get to us maybe it was a harrowing bike ride where you got car doored or you know like something happened right and then you're gonna do this weird thing and then you go into the room you see all these people it's like a heroin den where everybody's just like passed out (laughs) maybe we did a bunch of opium or something like that i've had so many people be like what happens here what did you put in the needles why do i feel so relaxed what happens and it's like well we don't Really? No. There's like a list of things that could have been what it was this time. Maybe not next time. Right. There's like a long list of ways that your body might be prompted to re- to react. And so the body has this thing inside of it that we use for natural processes to happen called healing cascades, where it's like a whole bunch of things happen so that one thing can happen, any kind of process in your body. And so you're lined up already to have different kinds of healing cascades happen all over your body so that – because it's like – proteins that I don't I don't really know enough anatomy to be like and this is why I'm like tell me more tell me more right it's like very interesting it's just like the way that you get things done is it's not just one mechanism to happen right there's like a lot of things that happen for anything to happen um and one of the ways to look at that is they're called healing cascades and I wish I could give you more besides that tidbit but um you're queued up already to do things in your body like people that have chronic issues some of the things they have queued up are painful right their body is getting ready to express pain they've been storing this um and so when you get acupuncture sometimes it's just a bunch of healing cascades that kind of go off in your body and that's why people that are doing very well and are maybe athletic or not they get an acupuncture treatment and they just feel great 
they weren't feeling bad before they tried acupuncture for the first time. That they walk out being like, I am a golden god. Like this is <laughs> this is phenomenal. Like why what are we doing here? What is this for? And it's like, well, there wasn't really anything wrong. <laughs> and you just got this great thing where just like your body's normal processes are just all at their best tightened response. One of the myths I've been told, and I, I don't mean myth like uh, like it's not true, but one of the myths I've been told is in terms of like a story mm-hmm. is that um, acupuncture kind of in in some of its traditions, to be clear, acupuncture has like a kajillion traditions because oh, it's yeah. over like a house traditions where everybody for a very long time, your style was a tradition. Right. So just like, exactly. So there's like, and people would come to you and learn from you and take your style and make it their style. And then they, you know, that's kind of actually how I teach actually that model. Exactly. It's like, come learn what I do until you know how to do what you do. And then go do what you do. Acupuncture used to be a very long schooling process where, you know, acupuncture in the United States, the way school works is the way school works for anything that you would get a license in. Right. But Um, it's, you know, three to five years of schooling instead of like 10 years as an apprentice and then, you know, 10 years as your own. And then maybe somebody will call you a master. <laughs> right. Exactly. When you, when, when, when a couple of things happen. When you're old. When you're old. Exactly. <laughs> Teacher. Yeah. Um, so one of the things that I've been told was that, um, you know, in some traditions, in a tradition that, you know, you got acupuncture regularly. Yeah, and like paid every day. for acupuncture as a when you were healthy, and that when you got sick, you—that's when you were getting it free. That's when you would get it for free. That the idea was to kind of get the treatment all the time to maintain health. Yes, so it's a prevent. It's it's so I guess like Chinese medicine kind of looks at preventative medicine a little bit differently in that it exercised it. You know, like <laughs> <laughs> you mean it like actually does it and takes care of people and optimizes health as though that's a real thing yeah, that you can do. Yeah, ah, yes. yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. It also uses a lot of food. There's a lot of eating involved in getting better. There right. is a lot of there's eating a lot involved of eating involved, involved in getting better. Um, and um, yeah, so preventative medicines are always nice. I mean, I think that most U.S. Americans are stressed enough that preventative medicine is actually stress medicine. Right. Um, and that we're getting treatments all along because we need them because we're stressed. Right. And that a lot of the things that acupuncture was geared towards, we don't have anymore. So most people have heat and a method to cool in the summer. Maybe it's not air conditioning, but it's like a fan. And in the winter, everyone has heat. And we kind of have laws about having heat right. and having access to that level of healthcare where you're not freezing all the time. Um, also, we don't have things like dysentery. Um, and some of the other, like, a lot of people were having a lot of things like that for a long time um, back in, like, the 15, 16, 1700s. You know, um, so preventative medicines back, like you really did want to prep for the winter. You really did want to be as healthy as possible. Right. Um, oh, right. Cause you were, you were going to be, it was coming like the, the cold and the, like where, you know, everything that was done to like, uh, get through the winter was pretty serious. Are there treatments to like thicken your blood? Um, they're like, they're about thickening your blood, thickening your skin. Yes. And they're not all about prepping for the winter. Some of those are about like, uh, some of the thyroid issues that we, well, some of the things that we call thyroid issues now yeah. involve thickening and thinning, thinning of the skin, oddly enough, like doughy skin and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, so, so yes. And some of that would also be about herbs and just like the generalized, um, issues that people aren't really coming in with anymore. I want to pause here because I just made reference to something that I think a lot of people don't know, which is that we, our bodies do change the way they're constituted um, in the climates that we're in. Oh, yeah. So like, so when you live in a colder climate, your blood literally thickens um, to, you know, to be a a better retainer of heat. And when you live in warmer clients, it thins. And 
I hear skin does that too. Is that not, that's not necessarily yeah, so much not of a heat thing. Fast. No, right. uh, and I, th- I would think that altitude changes are uh, a little bit p- more palpable for people to get. Like if you move up right. altitude, you, you really feel different like immediately that day. Um, and so yes, it's like a myriad of changes right. across All your body. those different things. Yeah. Yeah. So that's like a real thing. Again, just like bodies bodies they're always going to be adjusting to the world around them yeah and so um acupuncture is a good help for like any kind of transition or adjustment like that um people that move to philadelphia often experience a series of symptoms that i call the illadelphia because it's very specific sinus stuff very specific lung and skin and sinus where they're like, I don't have allergies. I don't generally have these problems. I'm new to Philadelphia. I've been here under three years. This is my first or second spring or fall. And I'm having a very specific set of symptoms that I'm like, oh yeah, that's part of moving here. We have different pollution rates, different pollen rates. Um, and it's very damp on top of it. Well, that. we're a river basin. Most people don't think of. And it's like, yeah. and it's gross. So, so. <laughs> from philadelphia <laughs> no i was like you don't sound like it was the, 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 i feel like i don't know as someone who's from philadelphia you know i have all this like affection you know it's like love yeah, it here like, been here 12 years it's gross and people that move here have this problem and i call it the philadelphia and it's and and we do and acupuncture is quite effective for that for that kind of just transitional like you can be here it's okay I find that acupuncture in my life, and it did, I mean, I was so stressed when I was a teenager that I had symptom of irritable bowel syndrome. Oh. I was late to school because um, I would like try to go for school and they'd be like, I'm going to spend 20 minutes on the toilet awkwardly yeah. this morning. Um, and I tried to fix it with food. I tried to, you know, all of those things that the only thing that would give me regular bowel movements was acupuncture. I would go once a week and I'd have like three and a half days after the treatment where it would like work. And then I would like get through a couple days and then I would go back again. And, um, and, uh, you know, what I found, that's where I really kind of fell in love with it. Um, and then I had a number of experiences where I went to, uh, Western medical. Um, I really recently, East West has been like really rubbing me the wrong way. And I've really been feeling the click, <laughs> but then it feels like to some people who already have this lexicon, it doesn't sound dramatic, but I think to people who are not particularly privy to this viewpoint, I want to call it just colonized, like yeah. the colonized health system. Um, but it's, you know, I had these experiences in which I was like, A, like you talked about, I was traumatized. Um, I had experiences of just like what I refer, refer to as um, chronic unresponsive you know, health conditions, like, and I would go and in one treatment, I would go to my acupuncturist and in one treatment, she would clear it or in three treatments, that thing that was like, whatever would clear it. And I had this one, I had this very long relationship that was, I don't, we all lived through our twenties if we lived through our twenties, right? So (laughs) I just did all of my twenties relationships with one person. Um, and, uh, and, um, I, you know, I came one time and I was just like, I can't kick this lung infection. Like I just, I've done antibiotics and I've done steroids and I've done this and I've done that, you know, and she wasn't just acupuncture. She did a variety of other things. She did some muscle testing. She did some this and that, yada, yada. She assessed me in all these different ways. And she came back to me and said, you're not sick. Yeah. Like, you're not sick. You're grieving. Like, it's just like you are finally done with this particular relationship journey. And for the first time in seven years, you can grieve. And your lungs are just heaving their way through it. And she was like, you just got to be gentle and, like, get through it. And about four months later, it all cleared out, you know. But it was that, you know, that place of – after so many different experiences of of just being like treated, like treatments being like pounding and 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 you know, and just being like people are like, Who's your primary care physician? And I'm like, my fucking DOM, <laughs> my acupuncturist, you know, like that's that's where I go to. Um and I think so much of our quote unquote health in so many ways, and this isn't entirely you know, I don't wanna like pin myself to the wall with this, but I think that so much of our health issues are the the resistance or the inability to transition yeah i think there's there's some of that there's the like you know 
resistance to the new change, the normal, the happening around you, the like, I don't know why that's also making me be like the seek for home, the like trying to always find mm-hmm. home is like this. I was, I'm like, I don't know why it's like really, that just really resonated with me. But um, <laughs> like, tell, tell me, lean in, the, tell me uh, more, uh, talk this, about the this seek for home. I mean, right. Like the, the idea that your body, mind, spirit is its own home within itself and that you are always you trying to find like, you know, the best way of, of being, which is like, you know, that pain-free, stress-free, doing without trying called home. (laughs) Mm. Um, I think that transitions turn out to be so much more difficult than we thought they were going to be. We're just going to go to school. We're just going to like move. We're just going to do a thing. We're just going to start a new job. You know what I mean? We're going to like dress differently now. We're going to, you know, I, I remember when I was in late high school, this is a really great example where I was like, I don't like the N in my handwriting. And I was like, I'm now going to change the way I write N and I think T and R. I was being really anal, but and I was like, and then I went through a whole thing where like writing and then remembering about just the N and going to change the N. And when do you ever remember about any single letter that you're writing down? Like you don't, you just write them down and it doesn't <laughs> matter because you're not in first grade, first grade, like learning how to write. Right. And I made it into a whole transition. I made it into this whole big thing where like now I write differently and I still write this way today because now it's just the way I write. Right, right. Like it was, I like made it a real transition and I changed my handwriting because <laughs> I wasn't at home in the way I was writing my words and it didn't look right. It didn't feel right. I like totally changed the way I write. And that's how I write as an adult. It's like my adult handwriting that I discovered as a late high schooler. And I just think that if something like our, the N, the letter N can be such a big deal. Right. That something much more real, much more apparent, like where we work, where we are every day, what we do, how we're treated, the new way that we, anything can be such a pitfall, such a deal breaker for good times today. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I I just, (laughs) just really, a lot of people, so one of the things that we have written on the intake is like, a, you know, coping with stress, anxiety, tr- tr- anxiety, depression, and then like major changes, new job, big loss, surgery are all on like the same, same level. There's all the same. It's like, it is a big deal to make a change. Changes. And I think a lot of them like are a deal breaker when we didn't realize it was going to be. And I kind of, so the, another, another thing that, that makes me feel, I think my house is like a place where there's change that happens a lot. How, you know, there's four bedrooms and, you know, which one am I in? How are we filling the other ones? What's happening with that? That's like kind of changing all the time. And sometimes it turns into a big transition where like, this is the way we live now. Even though in general, it's the change that's like really what's happening. Like most of the people that live with me are there for like six months to a year or two. And so even though every once in a while I'm like, oh, we've transitioned. Like we live together now. It's like us. That's very nice. We're like, and then we kind of like go into a place where I'm like, oh, it's just changing, changing. Ah. It's good. Keeps me on my toes. The clinics are like that. I don't know. I just, I really appreciate what you're saying because I am just in that so deeply. <laughs> like, I've, I mean, it's like I've been coming to you, like, you know, really trying to stay, like, you know, at the beginning, a year ago, I kind of sat down and was mapping out my year and, you know, asking myself, like, what am I going to need to fulfill these goals? And one of the things I wrote down was like weekly acupuncture. Like, that's going to help me keep me on track, you know? And I did that here and there, but like, you've seen me a lot recently. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And it's Good. like, and I come in and I'm just like, there's just so much change. Like, there's just so much change and it's so good. Like, I have, Nothing to complain about. I mean, I guess complaining. I don't nothing to complain about because I've worked on my best to rid myself of that habit. There mm-hmm. could be plenty of things to complain about, but a lot of the change, at least in in my kind of my life right now, is change that I've asked for 
right? Yeah. So it's like change that I've asked for, change that I want, change Wanted, that I'm plotted, planned, totally, totally happening totally, now, totally happening right now. <laughs> and I feel like a little twisted and fucked up. Like I just took a video this morning of myself on Instagram, just being like, "Yo, y'all, I feel." messed up like it's all good but like yo I feel twisted like and I think it's good boom. I mean I just feel like really one of the things that we take with ourselves through any transition like is ourselves that's right and even if we're changing ourselves as part of this transition like a lot of the medically stuff that happens where you know especially for some of the like trans folks where surgeries are changing major parts of their body yeah right the they still get to bring themselves through the transition. And that's why adding acupuncture can be really nice. It's because that's time with yourself where you're just being yourself and your body gets to kind of find itself and where it is inside. Take this time to relax and let whatever needs to happen, happen. Let whatever your body is kind of queued up to like happen now in this like quiet space that you get to bring along with you. So when people tell me like, oh, I'm new here, I'm like, oh, come here once a week. Like allow yourself to have some time with yourself that's the same because it's always just you in this chair, in this space dedicated to this thing. There's something about being in spaces that are externally the same mm-hmm. that really get you clear on like what's different. Well, the body likes regularity, but it also exposes the ways in which like we're like, there's that it's like the steadiness that then yeah. allows the change to happen in this. Like there's like, it brings a consciousness to it. You know, it's like I'm in yeah. that space and then I get this, you know, it's like I'm back in the same place, but I feel so different or like, you know, the, um, you know, most of the time I would say, acupuncture is not a painful experience like the needle needle goes in it's like really um really you know and then i pass out most of the time you know and the other thing is you don't know what happens in that room you know i start every one of those treatments with a prayer you know so i drop into that space after i get the needles in i i i tell myself i give myself permission to experience healing i give myself permission to uh receive all that i need I give myself permission to change um, and to be just as I am. And then I ask all my spirit guides to uh, sometimes if I'm really burnt, I'll like straight up ask for a session. I'll just be like, work on me, spirit. Like this is, I'm here. Um, and I and I often um, will invite their help and their guidance and and my own, my own soul, my own satna, my own true self. I'll I'll say like, and you, like this time is for you. And 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 do an in, you know, kind of do this, create a little ceremony around me in this space to really drop, drop in and take take that journey. I love that. Yeah. Like it really changed my experience in sessions across the board, body work, healing, Reiki, acupuncture, um, meditation, um, all the kind of different things, dance practices. I mean, just all the, all the shit that I do. Um, when I took a moment before at, or in, in the beginning of it, or even if I remember halfway through to just be like, Oh, I, I'm giving myself permission to have it, to have a change and an impact take place right now. Oh, gosh. Because it's so incredible how much we're like, we come for something without, really giving ourselves permissions to get results from it. I have to try this. You, you know, I just like to go pee before everything. <laughs> I'm like, this is what I found is I have to go pee. But I'm going to add the second layer. <laughs> this is the second layer. <laughs> I also I go pee before, before everything. So this is where, yeah, exactly. This is what I'm missing. <laughs> First step. I'm going to do. Yeah. <laughs> that actually does sound like also kind of just centering yourself and reminding yourself that this is happening now. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think that that's one of the things about yoga class. So I've been trying to do yoga at home with like yoga glow. And I feel like one of the things that's different about yoga class, especially at Studio 34, is they always give you those several minutes of breathing where they're like, you're here now. You're going to do this yoga class now, happening now. And I don't really take that same time in my home practice, but I think that that's part of what helps you like focus in and then have this like intense hour where you're trying harder. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, I am um, interesting. I refer, you know, I often just recall that showing up, you know, yeah. like good job. We showed up like, but it's like that, but how, yeah, how, how much right, we though. don't actually, how much we go through our lives without showing up. Yeah. Going you know? through the motions is just not the same. Even, even in spaces that are, are supposed or that we know we've signed up for, for healing or. That's the thing. So like that. the other thing, so I think 
they're showing up. And then another thing that I was just talking to somebody else, because sometimes people call me about their business plan or whatever it is, and it's called making it real, where a lot of what the clinic is trying to do is to be like, stop, Uh you're going to do this real thing. And I think for a lot of people that haven't had the needles before, it's way more real, like getting needles and having them placed in you is like, is they're like, oh, wow, that's like a real thing we just said. I'm like, yes. Yes, this is a real thing where we're in its own space that's totally dedicated just to this. You're going to come in and like stop doing whatever else you're doing, but maybe even put your phone down, which is cool. And sometimes I turn mine off, not just on silent. Right. Where, or, and I often tell people like, think about airplane mode. If you can access your music without the internet, think about airplane mode where you can't be interrupted for this time. And we do a real thing where you really got acupuncture and it was, it's not, it's not a woo woo thing where we're like, maybe it'll work for you. Or like, it's like, no, no, it's a real thing that you did where it's like not, where you don't have to necessarily believe in That's it right. to go, but you do have to believe in it enough to go. You have to go. And you get literally it. show you up. You have to literally show up where, and I will take the time to literally make it real where it's like this dedicated space and a dedicated thing. And it's all that I do. And we make it, you know, try to give my best treatments and that whole thing, you know, where I feel like we have kind of three legs to stand on. There's people that come, there's a location, then there's me giving the thing, right. you know? Um, and then there's also that person sitting at the front desk and sometimes they're volunteers and that kind of adds to the, like, it needs to be a real thing where there's like a whole nother person here Uh that's like going to just take your name. And if there's like a cash transaction of some kind and answer the phone and stuff like that. Um, and I just think that those elements help, help us be able to like, you know, check in. Well, I just love this because I think that we really... So like I'm a I'm a I'm a I I have really come to understand that um like we're right about our realities like yeah. that that's like that that's true so that someone who doesn't believe in stuff like all right sure like you're not wrong like yeah, it doesn't you're, you're just wrong. not wrong and so when you talk about making it real what I love about that is like we that and my level of giving permission right is that we can decide what level of realness exists. Exactly. Right? So it's like the level of like, I'm physically sitting in a lounger and someone put needles in me and it's going to, my body's going to do stuff in response, right? Like, that's <laughs> just a real level. Like, like, like a lot of, most people can get on that boat. Like, yeah. that, that's like, you're going to put needles that's in me and something's going to happen. Yeah. That's a real thing that's going to happen. But you know where people get off the boat is like, when we feel better, what is that worth? What does it mean when we feel better? And when we try to access our understanding of I wasn't feeling well before and I feel better now, what does that mean? And how real is that for me? And how long is that going to last? And can I get that to repeat, right? Like what are the – what's the tangible, predictable reality of like repeat? That's where it starts to be. That's where the skeptic is kind of my favorite person. Because totally. Because they really feel better right now. And they don't have a way to be like – placebo is a bad thing, right? Because it's like, well, I don't care if you feel better because the needles are real to you or not real to you because they're definitely in you. So that really happened and how you feel afterwards is probably directly related. Right. Right. And so it's always interesting to me, like how we kind of, because like we try to keep the clinic is also inexpensive. Like that's the other kind of aspect of it is we try to keep it cheap so that it would be okay for you to just feel better and let it not be the biggest deal if it doesn't last forever. Right. Low pressure. Low pressure. On everyone. On everyone. Cause that's less stress. Yeah. And that's this weird thing about treating stress is like <laughs> if you leave the clinic no, it's true. Calmer, people get yeah. A lot of people have a hard time grasping that we treated your stress. Like I'm like, well you came in stressed. <laughs> And you left not stressed. People miss that connection. People miss that connection. And they miss the idea that we treated their stress. They're like, oh, but I just feel better. And I'll be like, yeah. That's See, what we okay. were going for. All right. Okay, so this is <laughs> – right. So this reminds – right, exactly. Tangible, intangible reality. Well, okay. Tangible, intangible. Right. So and – okay. Oh, I have so many – like, I just went so many places. It's like a very real thing where people are like, you know, I felt better. I slept better. My pain was better. But – and it's like, no. 
Like no why, buts. why the butt? No butts. Like you what did. is that about? I don't know. But I think part of it's about like, you know, what is our reality? Like and yeah. and when how so one of the things that happens with anxiety is that people get anxious about their anxiety. That's super real. And I think that we have anxiety about pain real? and anxiety about all sorts of things, right? But it's, yeah. but with anxiety specifically, it leaves you always anxious because you're anxious and then you're anxious about being anxious. And so you don't have time where you're not anxious. Ooh. So if you leave the clinic not feeling anxious, I honestly feel like we did our job. Mm-hmm. Even if you only not feel anxious in the chair, in the reception area, until you're on the trolley you know, whatever it is. I feel like we were incredibly successful if you spend most of your time feeling anxious and then you had some time where you didn't. Right. I'm like, <laughs> right. Great <laughs> victory. Amazing. <laughs> yeah. But not- me too. I, you know, I work with people a lot of the time when I work with people, I even, this is going to sound, this might sound terrible. I'm not even particularly concerned about them feeling better (laughs) it's like you know what i mean like my biggest thing is like do you feel different different you know do you feel different at all was there a change because like your body able to register that something happened but i will say that this is one of those things where it's like and right obviously if i'm not an obvious proponent of clinics community acupuncture i don't know what i also need to do but i'll just say that i am 100 percent. you bring up something though that i think is this other aspect of of where people need more help and more assistance, which is the cultivation of consciousness around their experiences. And I think that's where the like, quote unquote, importance of talking comes in around things where it's like, it's not that you have to talk around an uh, acupuncture appointment to get value from the acupuncture. That's not what it is. People are learning and don't understand how to bring consciousness into their own experiences. And so most practitioners, if they have that time and space, become the teacher. That's what I was as a massage therapist. It was like people would talk about their experience. I'd work on their back. I'd be working on their shoulder. I'd ask them a couple of questions. They'd start talking. Right. Right. Then they have a couple epiphanies. Then I walk out of the room. I come back in and I say, how are you feeling? They have an insight. <laughs> I reflect back to them. They had an insight that's connected to the moment in the session and the thing that they came in with. And they look at me like I'm brilliant. And I literally just told them the three things that they said to me over the past hour and a half. But it's like, you know, that, and really it's like, I can't, I can't, I didn't, I don't want to say it, right? But it's like, this is what, like the true art of mindfulness, this like mindfulness thing that's like getting so popular and people are talking about in the heart of that is this, you know, knowing that process and learning how to do that. And that, you know, sometimes just that moment, it's harder to go back retroactively and weave things in. It's possible, right? We do that all the time. We go back in, we reframe memories. Um, you know, there, there's also this moment of, um, uh, you know, that when we're in that space, like weaving it, it's incredibly common how much I just, yeah, I think I've said a bunch of different things, but yeah, it's interesting the way that we perceive how we're doing. So one of the ways I try to talk to people about how often to come in, because I've kind of gotten over telling people how often to come in. I don't know how busy you are, how much money you have, whether how much you liked this first treatment you've ever had, you know, like (laughs) fucking I'm totally over being like, you need to come here three times a week. You know, it's like, no. So we have this scale where you choose where you are in a scale of one to 10. You have to be in your body and aware of yourself enough to find yourself on a scale of one to 10 to be able to tell me how often you're coming in now. Right. We just have so many people that spend where I'm like, acupuncture can be a place where you can get into your body pretty intensely, where like you are in the chair, in this body, doing this thing. And it doesn't have to be. Um, And it's always kind of interesting to watch people go through whether it is for them or not, whether this is a new space in their body or not. There are plenty of people that are like, oh, I just pass out and I wake up myself again. It's like, okay, perfect do that it reminds me a lot of of uh reiki sessions and like kim and i talk about this the same thing and our love of skeptics in that way you know it's just like people who are just like no way and then i'm like how about i don't explain anything to you i just do it let's just do it and then people they have so i'm like it's so more so much more interesting to hear what they have to say about it it's also easier to telling them because there's such a wide array of like frankly trippy things that can happen that are like (laughs) (laughs) totally normal totally normal we can't list those things before you go in because it just for your first time because it's just going to set people up for kind of the wrong idea. Totally, you know, totally. To like, and then you're going to float above your body and then sink right. into the chair. And, and your, your arm's going to grow and yeah, feel your 18 left hand long. will be very cold. And yes. you know, like whatever it is. Whatever so it is. We try to like, I try to be like, okay, 
when people are done and I'm pulling their needles for the first time, I don't ask like, do you feel better? Is your pain gone? How's your shoulder? I mostly am just like, did you relax? Like, let's take all of the pressure that we've put on this treatment and all of the outcomes that we ever wanted and all of those expectations and just kind of like put them way down with like, did you relax? And a lot of people are like, yes. And then I say, well, that's great. That's a great start you're obviously ready to continue going. And also sometimes people are like, actually what happened is this trippy thing that I need to like make sure is okay. Or they'll be like, there was a needle that hurt and I didn't know I could say something or one fell out. My blanket was weird. You know, they can kind of say something that they're uncomfortable about and maybe didn't feel comfortable about before mm. and just be like, and then I can fix it right away. Right. Be yeah. like, oh, next time just tell me. Or like, oh, sorry. Or whatever it is. Um, and then every once in a while, it can be like, you know, I got up and I got up when you weren't in the room, <laughs> like did Tai Chi with my needles in. Is that okay? <laughs> like, you know, so many. <laughs> but you can't, nobody else can see my face right now. But I'm like, wow. Or it's just like, you know, some other like crazy thing happened. And like, I'm taking the, did you relax time to tell you. But for most people, it's just like a confirmation of like, yes, I relaxed. That's so dope. That's so great. You've had, you've had a person get up and do Tai Chi with needles. I've you didn't, somebody you didn't make that up. That's real. That happened. No, that's real. I've caught somebody, somebody's confessed and somebody got told on. Three different times. Three different times. Yeah, the person that got told on, I just wanted the person that was telling on them to know that it's okay and like, are you okay that you watch somebody get up, blah, blah, blah. Right. Well, it's so interesting because <laughs> I, um, you know, one of the things that I appreciate is that it really helps provoke an experience of stillness in me. Like it's like yes. the needles make me want to not move around, <laughs> especially because I get cold. So I often want blankets and the blankets are the actually, if anything's going to be uncomfortable, it's like the needle and the blanket the combo. Yeah. So it's like I get comfortable and then I'm like, okay, let me just like drop all the effort and just kind of sink, you know, but um, every once in a while, I do get inspired. And when, when people get sessions from me or when I'm doing group healing work and things like that, you know, I do, I, I have, I have a singular rant that I give people, which is that when we relax or the parasympathetic nervous system engages or we start a healing process, these things are totally normal. Laughing, crying, farting, burping, twitching, falling asleep, getting bored, making sounds, having memories come up, um, needing to say something out loud that you think is like random um, and doesn't make sense, um, needing to change position, change in temperature, needing to go to Body the bathroom, functions. getting nauseous, throwing up. You know, it's like I go through this long list. Coughing. Right, coughing. I often tell people that. I'm like, it's okay if you cough. It's okay if you cough. Um, because, you know. <laughs> How do you keep that in? No, it's true. Don't it's keep like, the sneezing. Don't you keep have the a body sneezing. full of needles. Right. No. No. Just cough. <laughs> just cough. Just cry. Just cough. Just get up and do Tai Chi. Um, but it's so it's like I do and I have told people like even while I'm, you know, doing like a shamanic session or something like that, I'm like, if you need to get off the table, I've had this happen. Like someone get off the table and like need to be on the floor or having someone get up and needing to like move their body and like get up and not get off the table. Um and uh so I'm just I'm having my own little like little invisible walls getting broken right now where I'm like with needles in. Oh yeah. All that stuff. All wow. that. And I just think anything that's on the surface, once we put the needles in, you can't keep it there anymore. So you might have those laughs stored up. We have people laughing a lot. There's yeah. coughing and sneezing that happens a lot. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of like farting. I don't know if you know this, but there's oil that can be burned everywhere in the clinic pretty much just in case. Yeah. We serve, you know, it's a general practice. And so some people fart. A lot. Most people fart. It's a people fart. <laughs> Some people fart and it's like, oh, bud, I smell that. So we have to burn oil right away. Um, and all those things definitely happen in the chair. It's so funny. Lots of like bursts of tears yeah. and and letting stuff out. And, I often know. find, not all the time, but one of the, one of the coolest things about my acupuncture cries is how often they are and it. I, I feel this phrase, the cascade of healing, when yeah. I say this. They, they, it's like they come up and they like pour out and it's done. Mm -hmm. It's like one wave where like one wave will come. And that's, I mean, back in the day when I was in the, the heart of my distress and mental health issues and like deep pain, I would get needles and I would, I mean, I would weep for a long time and the needles mm -hmm. would come out and I'd go home and I'd weep for three days. And it was important. It was an important time and a very different time than now. Now, every 
most things in my life have a much more expanded experience and I track and feel things in a, in a much more kind of slower way. And so I can feel that now when, when a cry comes, it's often so short and so full. It's this like, it really is this like rising and then it like pours out of me and then, and like casts out and, and I'm shifted into this other, like the next place. And sometimes that'll happen a couple times, but often it like really, it's cool. Yeah. I feel like for me, the, it's interesting. My number one experience getting acupuncture is that I get cold. Um, and I, and I think that's really typical. It's just your core temperature goes down, which is a different feeling than when you go outside and your skin temperature goes down. Um, and so I always feel like once I'm cold, everything feels like it happens in cascades. I don't know why I love the feeling of, I try to like wake up (laughs) in acupuncture a little early um to just like be in my body while it's in this different in-between space i used to be a really touchy difficult patient as so many practitioners are um and i've just chilled out so much i don't know i used to be really like lots of needles hurt and like i just didn't want them here or there and was like always arguing with whoever i was getting a treatment from and just like generally being difficult and now i just go in and i'm like oh whatever for whatever is fine just give me needles wherever and then i just pass out and wake up and go home it's great (laughs) that's so good it's so funny it's so different i was treating myself for a long time and now there's somebody else working at the clinic and it's a totally different experience it's so nice but yeah I was trying to go back and just trying to think of, I feel like we listed most of the general good ideas about getting treated in a group. Um, I don't think I had another like big um, benefit besides just people's great vibes being all around. Yeah. I love the experience of just taking a nap in a room in with public. It's, just, it's, it's just not a typical thing. It reminds me of and like taking naps weird. in the park in it's the not summer. Like beds or something. No, where people are yeah. canoodling and you're wondering what they're doing or whatever. Yeah. Is that what that, that makes you uncomfortable? There are well, it doesn't really make me uncomfortable, but there are <laughs> nap spaces where it's like beds in a room. Oh, those exist. Yeah, yeah. Well, people share businesses like this with me because they're like, "Yo, there you can go nap in Center City," and I'm like, "Oh." I would lay there the whole time wondering what everybody, not in a bad way, but just kind of like maybe in a voyeur way being like, what's everybody doing? (laughs) (laughs) You're just like a general like nap spaces are a funny idea to me. They're not particularly common. I, I totally would like to know about nap spaces. Yeah. I'm that person who like, I'm like out and about and I'm like, I really like, I will do that. I will like look around and be like, where? Like in the summer, I will nap in the park. Like I will lay down and just be like, I'm just going to like, I like napping in the park by the pool and by the beach. Well, yeah. I mean, those those are some serious class nap spaces, but yeah. 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 It's good. Good times. All right. So I have two questions. Sure. Question number one. Like closing, like kind of migrating towards closing here. Um, The first question is, people want to know more about um, like you or the Philadelphia Clinic or um, POCA in general, finding acupuncture clinics. Where do they find you? Where do they find more information? There is some information about me at www.westphillycommunityacupuncture.com. There's not a lot of information about me on the internet. <laughs> in general. Great. Um, I think I was really aware when I first opened the space, I didn't want it to be just about me. Yeah. I wanted it to be more about the clinic and I wanted to be able to bring on other practitioners. So there's kind of a purposeful, super limited amount of information kind of about me out there. Uh, Cause as the first person, I ended up being the default in a way that as a white person is probably not okay. Um, and I've been really trying to like figure out all different ways uh, to both give people what they want because people do have questions um, and keep the space like available for as many people that want to go there, different kinds of people to go. Yeah. Um, you can find out more about acupuncture in general at www.pocacoop.com. And that's P-O-C-A-C-O-O-P.com. Yeah. 
And then there's also a book called Why Did You Put the Needle There, Um, which is free online. That if you search its title, Why Did You Put the Needle There, you'll be able to read. That gives like layman's terms, really easy to understand, written by a friend of mine who owns a clinic in Manchester, um, New Hampshire, um, about acupuncture, digestible bites of information that are not technical, but they are like, this is what's happening. This is what we do. This is why we choose points like that in a community setting. That can be good to read. Um, uh, and learning more about the clinic is at the clinic's website. Yeah. Um, yeah. Great. Perfect. Um, and then, well, okay, so I'm going to add it. I'm going to add a question number three, but I'm going to make it number two Mm -hmm. now. So my second question, but there'll be another question. Okay. Yeah. Uh Like what? Yeah. Like what, what does that, what does that mean? I'm going to just, I'm going to keep asking you questions now. That's fine. Um, Uh, we didn't talk about this, but, uh, I feel okay about it, but I want to kind of ask now, which is just like vaginas and acupuncture. Oh yes. Tell us some stuff. Vaginas and acupuncture. There is a lot for the vagina to be found in acupuncture. Things that I treat a lot at my clinic are like anything that's going on with your period, how it comes on, what it's like when it's there and how it leaves, how much pain is involved, what kinds of symptoms you have. Most of those things are well treated with acupuncture, including when things kind of go bad, like in, um, PCOS or endometriosis or some of the other like like things are going wrong with my period and it's painful problems. There's a lot that can be done with fertility and the journey of having a baby, um, including getting pregnant and, you know, different kinds of prenatal care, getting ready to have the baby, encouraging babies that are not coming out quote unquote on time where we're starting to say things like you can't rush perfection um, and other kinds of like, I promise you will have this baby. Um, And then um, afterwards when you're recovering from having a baby and stuff like that is all of those times. And then when you're going through the change is another great time to come back and menopause yeah 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 early menopause late menopause menopause that's dragging along um or menopause is just coming with a lot of symptoms so Mm -hmm. not everybody has a lot of physical mental emotional symptoms but sometimes there's like maybe a lot going on and that's well treated with acupuncture vagina talks vagina talks yeah and acupuncture a little little brief thing okay great okay sounds good so the next Question. question is I am collecting stories we're brewing and we're weaving what a uh, healed and hold or healing and holing world a life-giving world and life looks like so I'm asking people to describe a scene or an experience or a feeling or a knowing about this world that I I believe that you know is possible. No guarantees we're going to get there, and yet I'm not going to stop aiming, t- towards, aiming it. towards it. So what is that thing that we're aiming towards? What's that? What would be a – what's a thing? What do you know? What's a feel? What does it look like, taste like, smell like? So I feel like – um, sometimes pain is public enemy number one in the sense that everybody suffers from pain and pain is such a big part of like every individual's life that that future has a better understanding mm. of ourselves and pain and having less of it mm. and suffering less. And I think there's a relationship there that we're not doing, we're not doing it right. We're not. Some pain has to be so that your instincts are better honed, right? Like some amount of pain has to be appropriate for better development, not just like development, but better development. And then we're overboard, way overboard. And I think some lives have so much more pain than others that the future will have that uh, distribution better between ourselves, our communities, and the way that we have pain. You know, one of the things we talked about really quickly was just like community healing and healing as an individual and then healing as a community. Okay, pause. I want you to keep going. Yeah. But I invite you to use like present tense, whatever you're going to tell me right now. 
Okay. So so it's even though we know right? it's, it's like a dreaming, but like dreaming and pulling it I like in. This, I like that invitation. Thank okay. you. Yeah. So I just feel like if we're going to be healing ourselves and healing our communities, it's going to be with a different understanding of pain where I think we allow other people to feel pain way more than would ever be appropriate for ourselves. That's what I was trying to say. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot there. Excellent. Yeah, there's a lot there. Yeah. I'm going to, do you mind if I paint a little bit with this? So when you say that, what comes to mind for me and what I see is this, oh, I like feel it so much in my heart. Oh, right into my voice. Okay. (laughs) Um, This space where, um, where we understand pain and suffering individually and collectively in a way that we respond to each and every person Mm -hmm. and each and every circumstance in a way that is effective and real and real. Yeah. And, and, and that the response and the care is, is proportionate to what's needed and not other, not other, whatever those other reasons are that determine how much care someone's get that, that the, that, that the world we live in is one where what we need determines those needs being met. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that's one of the things about spaces like the clinic where we're always trying to take down as many barriers as we can to like, let people just get the treatments they need. Thank you. Yeah. Thank Thank you for your work. This was really delightful. And, uh, on behalf, (laughs) on behalf of Philadelphia, (laughs) I would like to thank you and the West Philly community acupuncture. Yeah. It's been a, been a pleasure and, uh, all my love and lots of gratitude. Mm -hmm. Thank you all my love and lots of gratitude. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much. And thank you, Sam. Thank you, Sophia. (laughs) Remember, everything that we talked about in today's episodes will be in the show notes. So go there for links. For more content that you're going to love, subscribe, subscribe, subscribe to this podcast. Share this episode with anybody you think you'll enjoy it and share the love with a rate or a review wherever you listen. And to find out about all the mad adventures I'm up to, check me out on Instagram at SophiaWiseOne uh, or come to my website, SophiaWiseOne.com. I am Sophia Wise One, daughter of the wind. I am calling you to rise up, rise up, rise up, rise up and take your place. Thank you, gorgeous. I am thrilled and grateful for your support listening to this podcast. I want to invite you to come check out the Patreon. If you think this podcast is the bee's news and you're grateful that it exists, I want you to know I'm grateful that you exist. Come join the Patreon. I call it the temple. We are healing. We are musicking. We are podcasting. We are together. Come check it out. You can find it through Patreon backslash Sophia Wise One or through my website, sophiawiseone.com. Oh. <laughs> Y'all know you need to hear that though. You know. If you don't know, now you know. If you don't know. Okay. Yo, I'm so excited about Vagina Talks right now. Don't pretend like you don't know this is the best podcast you've ever listened to. Don't pretend like you don't know. You know.